Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are sans M tonight because M is representing us at the Think Geek event, Think Geek Trivia Night in uh, near near where she lives in Virginia, D.C. area. So uh, we miss you, M. We love you, M. And we're looking forward to seeing you, M, at Farpoint. Which, by the way, is only a week and a half away. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. So, yeah, Farpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of friends we're going to see there again. It's one of the only times, these conventions are some of the only times that we hook up as a podcasting crew. Yes, I mean, well, and living down in D.C., us up here in uh, Pennsylvania, but uh, we get to see many other people that we don't get to see. Um, and it, it's a great reunion. I mean, yeah, maybe it's only twice a year we get to see him, but it's like, you know, hasn't been that long. So uh, we're going to be interviewing Seb Whitwer again. I'll be, it'll be fun to talk to him. Yeah, and there was one of the other actors we're interviewing, I forget, off the bat. I will have to learn to pronounce his name. It's a very Eastern European yeah. name. Um, yeah. But uh, he, he's done, I mean, he was in Dollhouse. Uh, he was in uh, 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 Agent Carter. Um, and, and he's done other stuff. Uh, very good actor. Uh, did a great impersonation in one of the characters on Dollhouse that was dead on. Um, if you watched, if you were a fan of Dollhouse, you know which one I'm talking about. Also, yeah. what, what a guest uh, that, that will be there, uh, the guy who uh, directed uh, Star Trek uh, Wrath of Khan and um, Star Trek VI, uh, The Undiscovered Country, Nicholas Meyer uh, will be there. I can't wait to pick his brain uh, oh, good. about um, Wrath of Khan. Um, you know, we talk about present day, you know, Star Trek needs some new blood to, you know, re-ima- not, may, may not reimagine it, but to get it going again. It was in a similar place back in the early 80s, and he, he's one of the men I thought were, were helped uh, breathe his, breathe new life into Star Trek. Awesome. Very good. Well, so I'm looking forward to visiting and seeing all you folks that come to the con uh, and, uh, and, and hang out with you. That's yes. going to be great. Mm-hmm. Well, Miles, what have you been watching? Let's talk about that a little bit. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, the CW has given us all these wonderful superhero shows and I'm watching all of them uh, Flash Arrow um, um, Legends of you know Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl uh, also it just had its season finale but uh, the time travel show Frequency okay um, also on NBC I'm watching Timeless um, occasionally I'll watch um, Gotham but uh those are the shows I'm watching. The Expanse just came back on, uh, so I watched the last two new episodes of The Expanse. Now, are they ten episode seasons? Are they pretty short? Yeah, The Expanse is a sh- short, short season. So I, I just finished season one. Okay, and loved it. Mm-hmm. It was great. I've not watched season two. Yeah, they only, they, only, they only have two episodes out so far. Yeah. So based on you and Adam's recommendation, I binged watched it at the gym. Oh, good. So and, enjoyed it enough to say, okay, I'm watching it. Was very disappointed when I got to episode ten. Mm-hmm. And that hey, they were going to make me pay for the next episode. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I mean, as if. Yes. <laughs> um, but maybe I should. Maybe I should. Because it's one of the shows I would watch. Mm-hmm. Or Hulu. Hulu might have it. I, I, I don't think it's on Hulu. Uh, I'm, I'm listening. My, my parents, fortunately, have cable, and so I can... You can watch it. I, I, I can watch on demand on there. All right, all right, <laughs> right. 
Well, for me, that's so I'm watching The Expanse, and I'm watching right now an anime called Log Horizon. It's kind of a gaming anime. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Um, reading a lot of Star Wars. I read the two sequels to Return of the Jedi, and I'm reading one about Darth Vader and Palpatine. Mm. Um, so it takes place kind of right after Revenge of the Sith, or soon after. Now, the ones you're reading that come after Revenge, uh, Re- um, Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi, um, are they the ones that just came out last couple of years? Yes. Okay, so... So they're all... The books that I, I've said, okay, if I'm going to read Expanded Universe books, I'm reading only ones that Disney considers canon. Okay. So that's kind of, so I've kind of discounted all the old ones, even though I've read and have... Oh, I don't know. I don't have too many on my shelf right now. Most of them are in the attic. But I have a bunch of the Expanded Universe Cool. And I just have opted not to do the alternate universe now, the <laughs> alternate timeline for Disney. So I want to do stuff that play into the greater arc, I guess. But so they do a pretty good job of filling in uh, what what happened between uh, Jedi and uh, uh, Force Awakens. Well, they're setting it up. They're setting up. They're setting up. First book, I was not thrilled with. In fact, I bought the first book a year ago. Read it about. So I listen to books, as you know. I began reading this first book. Uh, Life, it's not Life Debt. Life Debt's the second one, but it's The Aftermath. So it's the title of the series. It's a trilogy, and the third one's just coming out by Chuck Wendig. And I read the first one about a year ago I bought it, and I listened to my books. And about five hours in, I said, I don't care about this. So I totally put it to the side and didn't read it, right? Well, then I ran into one of my our custodians. So Dave Sellers, who listens to the podcast, Hi, Dave. Um said this, that I have to give it a second chance because the second book was much better. Well, would you know, I found reading it a second time, or at least attempting it a second time, to go much better. Okay. And then the second book was even better than the first. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really looking to the third one, which I believe is coming out in this month or something. So I, I'm reading that right now. And then I, But in the meantime, well, I finished the first two and went back and read one of the other tie-in novels mm-hmm. for Star Wars. So, yeah. Cool. So that's a little bit about what I've been reading. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I haven't read any new Star Trek novels in a little while. They, I, I think now there's a couple for sale. I'll have to get. I, I recently downloaded. I, I pre-ordered it, but I ordered uh, Dayton Ward, some other authors, uh, all uh, co-wrote uh, uh, Planet of the Apes uh, novel. Oh, did you read it yet? I, I, I'm still reading another book, but when I'm done that book, I'll read that. Sort that's of the one that he talked about when we had him on the show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, for the Star Wars review. Yes. That's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, why don't we jump into some news tonight? We have some news, and we're going to share with you an interview that we did with Larry Nemechek back at short leave 38 or 9. I think it's 39 this year, maybe 38. 2016, I prefer yeah, yeah, Short leave 2016. I like yeah. that better. Mm-hmm. That works. So uh, we had a chance. We've had Larry Nemechek on the show before, but we had a chance to sit down with him in person and chat with him a little bit about what's going on in his life. Yeah, this was nice. I mean, like like you said, we, we've we, he, he's been on our show several times, but to meet him in person and just kind of hang out with him a little bit was, was fun. So, yeah, so and, absolutely. So we'll talk a little bit more about that right prior to it. But we do have a little bit of news, and the Super Bowl brought some new trailers, and so we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Very exciting with the trailers. So why don't we start with Iron Fist? Mm-hmm. So uh, did you watch the Iron Fist trailer? I did, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, so far, Marvel hasn't let us down um, with a Netflix series. So. All right. Well, so let me just play the trailer for you, and then we're going to talk about it. Danny 
Rand. I've uh, been away a long time. Let's go. You don't belong here. I I'm Danny Rand. Guys, I just want to talk. I left here 10 years old in a jet with my parents. I became the lone survivor. Danny Rand, back from the dead. Why has he waited this long to show up? How the hell did he learn martial arts? Where'd you train? Kunlun. My father instilled in me a love and respect for this company that has never faded. This is my home. Rand is my company. This city is no place for Danny Rand. We put in practice and discipline. No giving up, no giving in. We're Danny, what happened to you? Why are you really back here? Some bad people have gotten on the inside. Criminals. I know what they are, what they can do. To fight them, we need someone with special skills. I've been training my whole life for this. This is my destiny. It's time. I'm going with you. No, you're not. You need me. The change is coming, Danny. Become what you were meant to be. I am the Iron Fist. What the hell does that mean? Great last line. Yes. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> All this great martial arts fighting and... Um, we get a little irreverent at the end. Yeah. And uh, it seems to be very action-oriented. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. When I'm watching this, I feel like I'm, watch, I'm watching a bunch of other superhero shows wrapped into one. So I feel like I'm getting a little bit of Oliver Queen, mm -hmm. you know, coming in, you know, you know, boat, you know, and parents gone. And then I'm getting a little bit of Batman going to train in the mountains. Um there are similarities. There's yeah. parents gone. I mean, yes. taking over Bruce Wayne, taking over the company. I mean, there's a lot of carryover, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, now we'll see how well the concept gets executed. I mean, he, he's not wearing a costume or anything like that. He seems to be just who, who we, you know. He doesn't have an alter ego. It's just him. Yeah, and that's not say. And, I'm, and when I said that, I didn't mean to say that this is going to be terrible because it's taking everything off. Because I mean, some of these tropes just are reoccurring tropes in superhero yeah, shows. Precisely. You know, it's what makes a superhero a superhero. He goes loses everything, so that all he has is what was left. I mean, even Doctor Strange might argue he lost everything in that case, a career, mm -hmm. and that's what made him who he was. Right, so he had to, had to re find something else to yeah, redefine, redefine him. himself and so on. And, mm -hmm. and then to care for the city, like Batman or like Oliver Queen, to care for the cities, mm -hmm. like, like a Superman and Metropolis type deal. But here we have him in his fist, no cape. Right, he, exactly. And he's not, physically, he is not a very impressive looking guy. He looks... He looks kind of like a geek. So well, that's... That's all right. That, no, I'm, I'm a geek, so that, that yeah. works for me. I mean, what, what, so... I, It'll be interesting to see. You know, 
like I said, I'm intrigued. Um, you watch the trailer, you can see some characters that that have been in the other uh, Netflix Marvel series. Um, Rosario Dawson, she was in um, um, uh, Daredevil. She was also in a couple episodes of uh, Luke Cage. Uh, some of the, the the these Asian crime um, uh, lords. Uh, there's a, I saw a familiar face in there. So it looks. They are going to bring this all together. Just tie it, tie it in together. And so, I mean, Netflix has had success with um, Daredevil and Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so hopefully, we wish them success with this as well. Yeah, and we we're excited. Good. It looks good from mm-hmm. the trailer. From what the trailer says, it looks good. So, can they execute it? Can they tell a good story? That's yet to be determined. And keep us interested. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, why don't we get into? Why don't we move on to Teen Titans? And do we want to watch the trailer first and then talk about it? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So mm-hmm. this is this is an animated feature, is that correct? Correct. Brothers and sisters, this is the true house of faith, and I am the one true God. For we are the hive of humanity, and nothing will stand in our way. time has come when their powers are transferred and I ascend to God's state. The machines complete Deathstroke. I want the Titans. Can you do it? What have you done with the Titans? I'm here to take you to them. Who wants to knock? Titans, go! Oh, you want to play? I'm going to enjoy shutting you up. Metreon Synthos! Take heart, sinner. You are about to become part of the greater good. We're going to show you the greater good. All right, so this is a movie and not a TV series, just to clarify. The Judas Contract. Yes, this the, the, folk, the, the folks that gave us Teen Titans on the Cartoon Network a while back, it's the same folks that are doing this, though. It's just, um, this is a one-off movie. And but, this is not... The Teen Titans is on the Disney Channel. No, I, no, it's not. No, because they're totally different. <laughs> yeah, def- it's definitely a different one. Yeah, but uh, I, I like what I've seen. I, I, I enjoyed Teen Titans when I was on, and there's talk of it coming back, uh, maybe to Netflix or something. Um, but, uh, but they got something here. This, uh, this animated movie, which DC's been making for what m- m- many others for a while, and doing a really good job at it. Yeah, you watch a lot of the DC animated movies that kind of come out, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So. You've probably seen most of them, I would venture. At least most of the recent ones. Yeah, I think I, uh, I might have seen them all, but at this point, um, so I, I'm looking forward to this. This looks interesting. Um, Robin's in there. Uh, Nightwing's in there. Starfire. Um, the, who's, who's who's voicing Nightwing? I I think it's. Um, Is it Sean Marr? It, it sounded like Sean Marr from uh, Firefly. Oh, yeah, because we did talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. And we also get uh, Deathstroke. Yeah, the, now the the actor who's voicing that, uh, sadly we lost him 
uh, about a month or so ago, uh, Miguel Ferrer. Um, people recognize him. Um, he, he, he was in the first RoboCop movie. Uh, he was in Star Trek The Search for Spock. Um, he, very familiar face. He, he's been in lots of stuff. Um, but uh, sadly, we lost him. He was only in his early 60s when he passed. But so I'm glad we, we got there is a new pro, newer project out there that will uh, at least get to hear his voice talents. So yeah, so we get to hear at least one more time, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So just looking here real quickly to see who is playing Nightwing. Uh, Kevin Smith is voicing Kevin Smith. <laughs> oh, Kevin Smith is going to be in uh, yeah the Teen Titans, and it is it's Sean Marr. That's awesome. So yeah, so he's uh, he's definitely doing that as well. So. Mm-hmm. So good. So you get a little bit more of the Doctor from Firefly, lending his voice talents. So yeah, I, he he's done a few of them. I, I think he's done a pretty good job. Look, so I'm glad they're they're still using him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we have one more trailer. Or did you want to uh, talk about that a little bit? Do you want to do this other story first? We have a quick uh, store, uh, Supergirl news. Um, yeah, tying it into superheroes. So might as well, we're still talking about superheroes, which you can never talk enough about. Right. Hercules. So Hercules himself and yep. uh, Terry Hatcher, who uh, was the Lois and Lois and Clark back in the 90s, uh, they are both going to be, I guess, uh, have a reoccurring characters in uh, Supergirl. Um there is, it's rumored that they might be playing the parents of uh, a character that's over there, uh, Mon-El, but uh, that's not confirmed. But uh, the fact we're getting Kevin Sorbo, um, seeing him on TV again will be good. And, yeah, he's from an arch-rival planet to Krypton. Yeah, I in the Supergirl mythos, uh, I, now I, I don't know if this was introduced in the comics. I'll have to do some research. Listeners, you, you some of you probably would know this true or not. But, yeah, Daxum. That's what they're talking about. The, the planet Daxum was in the same solar system as uh, Krypton, and uh, that got destroyed um, when, when, this, when, when their star went uh, nova. Um, I don't remember Daxum in the Superman mythos at all. I, I don't know if this is a, an addendum to this or was this feature in the comics, but uh, that's okay. I mean, it's uh, it's um, the, the Super, Supergirl is making really good use of, of the Superman mythos in, in, in its episodes. Yeah, and that seems to be doing well. Yeah, um, I mean CW pretty much has the um, little monopoly on uh, superhero shows. They do, and they're doing them well apparently. Mm-hmm. So, well, very good. Anything else you want to say about that? Are you watching Supergirl? I'm enjoying Supergirl also. Uh, Is it off the air right now? Uh, it, it it came. It was on a season hiatus. It's back. Uh, okay. So it's uh, they'll, they'll, they have a, they'll have current episodes for at least for a couple more weeks. Good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, let's move into Star Trek. And uh, we want to share with you the the latest trailer for Discovery. But before we do that, let's talk about why DS9 and why um, Voyager, Voyager, we will never see that on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. So do you know why that is, Miles? I I do not know. Okay, so basically, so next-gen... To bring Next Gen to Blu-ray, where it was years and years of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember when they released them. Maybe they released these over a year or two, right? Right. Um, they'd release a season, then it would be months, 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 and then another season. Part of the issue is the way they filmed mm-hmm. these Star Trek series. And so this is what um, Robert, uh, Robert Burnett, who um, from Trek News 
who wrote, directed, and produced, and edited bonus features for the Blu-rays, the Next Generation and Enterprise Blu-ray set, said, had to say this about the situation. A program could be shot in 35mm film, but instead of editing the film then and then cutting the negative, the original 35mm footage would instead be scanned to videotape, the, NTC, the NTSC resolution. The rest of the post-production process, editing, mixing, etc., would then be completed on tape at a reduced cost. It was cheaper for them to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, no film negative was cut, so the final product would only exist on videotape at the reduced video resolution in color. Hmm. So, there's that. So, using videotape had the benefit of making special effects more cost-effective, but it means there was no 35mm prints of next-gen, DS9, or Voyager. So, they're consigned to like videotape quality. Um, so why can we buy a copy of Next Gen? Because CBS and Paramount spent twelve million dollars restoring it. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So and and unless they absolutely made tons of money off the Blu-ray, we aren't going to be seeing. Yeah, I don't. DS Nine are. Yeah, sadly, yeah. D Space Nine Voyager didn't get the ratings that Next Gen did, and. And they may be right. There might not be as much as a market to sell Blu-ray, uh, Blu-rays of, of those shows. Yeah. So whatever. But mm-hmm. so if you're looking for high definition of those series, those series were good. I enjoyed those series. Yeah. In fact, I, I forgot to mention I recently have begun continuing my watch of Enterprise. Oh, good. So what, what season are you in? I am season one, like episode twenty. Okay. So you got you got ways to go. Yeah, you know, I, I do. <laughs> I have three more seasons and a mm-hmm. few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sidetracked in another show right now, so it might be a little bit longer. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's too bad. Um, but I understand it. It's uh, uh, unless unless they they could think, hey, well, we can make a lot of money selling these on Blu-ray. It, it, it's it's not worth them doing. Yeah. So we'll find out. You better believe that they won't make the same mistake with Discovery. Well, even Enterprise. I mean, they they started. Well, yeah, I guess with Enterprise, it was started with that. I mean, I mean, they they um, they, they filmed it in digital, I believe. Yeah. I mean, so HD. So it was a m- much easier to go to Blu-ray with. Uh, Enterprise. And now digital effects are way cheaper. They're, yeah, they're they're, they're very, yeah they could they could do it. It's not gonna cost a lot. Um, that's I mean, but I could still watch an episode of D Space Nine or Voyager. I mean, just stream it on Netflix, yeah, or or, or whatever. It's, you know, it still looks good. I mean, yeah, doesn't some look of terrible. it doesn't look terrible. I mean, yeah, it was for for back in the '90s. It was one of the best things going. Had the night, had the night feel. Mm-hmm. So, well, we have a what is this? A teaser trailer or an in production trailer? Of I, I would call Discovery. This, what yeah, do you call this? This is a te- a pre- wet my appetite miles trailer. Yes, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> um, I mean, it's very entertaining. Um, you get to see you get to see some some of the show in production. You get to see uh, some costumes. All right. Well, let me play it, mm-hmm. and then we can talk about it. Okay. Because I haven't seen this yet, but Miles, you did. On March eleventh, nineteen sixty-four, Gene Roddenberry wrote three words on a blank page: "Star Trek is." What followed was half a century of stories unbridled by the constraints of time or space, but always a reflection of what it means to be human. 
Now, Star Trek Discovery will begin that sentence once again. Action! Production has begun on the next chapter. Star Trek Discovery, coming to CBS All Access. All right. All right. <laughs> so uh, we, get, we get nothing regarding the plot or anything. Right. What, um, but we get teased, right? We, we do get teased. We're drawn in by all the other series, images and pictures, mm -hmm. and Gene Roddenberry Star Trek is, and we will begin that sentence once again. I did like when they said, telling the story of what it means to be human. Right. And I think that's true. Star Trek is best when it, it, when it explores the human condition. Absolutely. It, it tells stories maybe we can't tell. Mm -hmm. um, so well, let's talk about this. What do we know about Star Trek? Discovery? Discovery. Yeah. We, we know it takes place 10 years uh, before... The events of the original series. We know it takes place in the prime timeline. So if we do that, it's quite possible we will see younger versions of main characters running around. Well, we already will because we have, I mean, he was a reoccurring character, but we, they have an actor cast as, as Sarek, Ambassador Sarek. Okay, so we have that. So we know that, that probably there'll be a young Spock running around, we, I would guess. We, we could have a potential young Spock, a young Kirk. Yeah. Um, Scotty. Junior officers on another ship, of course, but uh, still, yeah, there's no reason why we, we wouldn't possibly see younger, you know, um, our heroes at a younger a younger time. Um, we saw a, somebody in a Starfleet uniform, so I'm not sure if that's... Could be we the, saw the uh, drawings of the ship. Drawings of the ship. Uh, there, was a, a, there was a quick look of an alien there. Um, they, they tease us with, like, the, the, what, look, what it looked like in the studio. Right. So we saw, you know, so uh, they are they are working on it now. Um, you know, I've heard some people saying, um, "Wow, it's taking you know it's supposed to it's taking so long." You know, this show is this show is in trouble. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I'm thinking, okay, maybe you know, I I would love to have seen the show sooner, just because I want to see more Star Trek. But if they if they have time to um, t to just iron things out. You know, not be rushed like they were with Enterprise, um, then I think this could be a good thing. I think we could get a really good, solid show uh, when it's ready to air. Yeah, so we're really looking, I think, in the fall of this coming year. Okay. Right? Is that what we're talking about right now, or, or haven't they said? I, I don't know what the current release date is, um, That's but, but, but I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried. Um, I mean, they've already started producing it, so whether it's fall of this year or spring of next year, uh, it should be ready to go. And um, The Verge is reporting still no release date. If you type in Star Trek Discovery release date, it comes out as many, May 2017, but that is the old one. Right. So we have no release date. It's just delayed, and that's all we know. Mm -hmm. So, But we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to seeing Star Trek on the scene. As I mentioned earlier, I was watching Enterprise, and these stories are still good. Oh, absolutely. So I, just, I watched um, 
Oh, the one with the Frengies that come in to steal everything in the ship. Mm-hmm. You remember that episode? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I watched that one. That was fun. I uh, watched one where they're, you know, the captain, one of the other, um, uh, Meriwether are trapped in this prison. Oh, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they break out and break the prisoners out because it's kind of a uh, take on Manzanar, which, by the way, very close to, uh, to Kai's, um, George Takei's, uh, because he grew up in the concentration camps. Oh, the Japanese internment. Yeah, yeah. So internment. So very close to him. Mm-hmm. So kind of an homage to that. So these are, in fact, I, when World Lit, we kind of do that, the book Farewell to Manzanar, and I could show that episode. Oh, yeah, that would be very as relevant. An, as, a, as an example. It, See, Enterprise in the classroom. Well, it's taking an enemy they're fighting, but is it right to judge this whole race because of what this smaller group of this race is Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. So I saw them said, classroom material here. So I think the nerds in your classroom will be very happy. The, the nerds will, and the non-nerds, well, I'll make them compare it, and, uh, so there'll be some relevancy to it. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking about Star Trek, tonight we have with us a very special guest. You had a chance to sit down and chat with it shortly, mm-hmm. Larry Nemechek. So we've had him on the show before, but in case listeners haven't heard of him or know who he is, why, why, why even talk to Larry Nemechek? I mean, uh, we—he is known among the Star Trek fans as Doctor Star Trek. Uh, he's a writer, um, even an actor. Um, He—he's he, like a a Star Trek um, archivist. He has done interviews with many of the people, actors, um, the people behind the scenes who, who make Star Trek. Uh, he and his wife co-wrote an episode for Voyager. He's lent his acting talents on Star Trek uh, um, uh, Continues, playing Dr. McCoy. Uh, he, wrote, he wrote the Star Trek uh, Next Generation uh, Companion. Um, so his, his hand is on a, a lot of what's going on with Star Trek. He's led numerous tours. Right, uh, for, the Geek Tours. Yeah, yeah the, Geek, the Geek Nation Tours, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. which takes you to a lot of Star Trek sites mm-hmm. near California. Uh, I, I, it's been a staple when you go to any of the Star Trek conventions. And uh, you had a chance to sit down and talk with him. What was it like meeting him in person? It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, he, he's like you know, he's bubbly and personal when we talk to him on the on the phone, the computer, and 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 that's how that's how he is. Yeah. So so it was good to, good to meet him in person. Yeah. So Doctor Star Trek. Yes, I like that title for him. It's an appropriate title for Larry Nemechek. And his 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 website. Um, for, for for what what he does with Star Trek, uh, look up Trekland. Um, uh, so that's uh, you, you see what what he what he's done there as far as with interviews. He's also I haven't heard anything new, but uh, he he's producing a documentary on a Star Trek convention um, over thirty five years ago. The uh, called the Con of Wrath. Um, um, not sure when that'll be out, but I know he, he's, he's still working on producing that. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I don't know if we'll get an update. I'm looking at it right now, Connor Rath. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a Star Trek uh, convention that never, that was a flop. Yes, but but everybody pulled together to, to, to make it work. It didn't it didn't draw the, the, the numbers they, they were thinking, but... Um, people stayed to try to it, it could it could have been in 
a major bust if uh, people get, gave up on it. And, and people uh, tried to make it work. Yeah. Well, he has a trailer for it. Should we play that? And yes, then, we should. And then we'll, then we'll go. And it was, it was suddenly turmoil everywhere, confusion and anger. Let's get an orchestra. Let's get a laser show. Let's write an original play. Let's have a talk show. Let's do all of that. Well, along about 1981, I'm just a fan reading Starlog magazine, and here come these ads, the ultimate fantasy. Houston, Texas, of all places. People in the streets demanding their rooms. The Shamrock Hotel won't give them their rooms. The philosophy of Star Trek that they tapped into was to look to the future with dreams. I just remember just the gloom and doom and the feeling of like, well, you know, what happened? So here's this flaming piece of 20-foot weather balloon flying towards the audience. The public didn't know what was going on. The show went on. It was great. The outpouring of, of giving and fan support was just, it was wonderful. And of course that affirmed all my belief in fandom as, a, as an entity. And we needed to uh, at least do what we could to give the fans what they thought they came for. Ultimate Fantasy 1982 will go down in history as probably the most infamous, the most infamous con convention debacle in Trek fandom history, in media history. So much so that who, who can blame them? It was instantly dubbed the Con of Wrath. So my understanding is it's not complete yet. We're still waiting for it. But uh, that's a little bit of a teaser as to, as to uh, the Con of Wrath. Yeah. So a lot of he has a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, obviously, that were involved with that. Yeah, and uh, what part of what kept it going? I mean, celebrity celebrities could have bailed out on on them, but they chose not to. So they it's, did. It's, a, it's it it it's it, it's sort of a a debacle, but there's a there's a, um, a little bit of redemption. Redemption, and and it's actually a success story. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to share with you our interview with Larry Nemchik, Dr. Star Trek himself, and then we'll come back on the flip side, which M likes that term. I'm going to say, M, this is for you. We're going to see you on the flip side. Mm. <laughs> Shirley of 2016, 
And we're talking with a friend of the show and Dr. Star Trek himself, Mr. Larry Nemechek. Mr. Nemechek, thanks for taking time to talk to us on the Sci-Fi Diary oh, Podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. You're yep. welcome, Miles. I'm but excited. Just listen, only my dad, my dad was not even Mr. Nemechek. Oh. So. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, we've, we've talked on the podcast several times and, and had some interaction on social media, but now I, I yeah. had the opportunity to finally see in person and meet you, so I'm, I'm thrilled. Oh, okay. Well, I am too. I am too. I, but I, 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 but you know, don't look too close behind the curtain. You won't. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. No, this is fun. This is good to, I'm all, good to talk I, face-to-face finally. I mean, you're, you're a Star Trek historian, which, I mean, I've loved Star Trek since I was a small child in earliest memories, and so this, and what you've done with Star Trek to keep it alive is... Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, well, it's, awesome. it's just fine. It's just you know, you enjoy something, and I have a lot of interests. But this is one thing that seems to keep grabbing, and and I seem to have a role in a niche that I can play and and enjoy something, and then also hopefully make a living or part of a living from it. So, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, I, I I've always been a, a communicator. So whether that's preserving or interpreting or recording. You know, or preserving, then that's that's kind of what I've fallen into. Everything that I do seems to be that way. And, and just just talking Star Trek with anybody that loves Star Trek, it's always fun for me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Is that how you wound up here? <laughs> I know, stupid question. Yeah. Well, well it's, I, I do enjoy meeting people who like Trek and, and love it like I do. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, some people love, love it more than I do, which is surprising. But uh, I was I was going to say, there's no, you know, people fall in the mistake of thinking all fans are the same, and they're not. There's there's rivers and currents and spectrum of fandom. Just, you know, Absolutely. There's background fans, there's fiction character fans, there's... There's uh, fans of different shows stronger than others, but even if you're just an overall fan, people have still have their interests and all. Like I'm a I'm a big background. Fan. I love all of all Star Trek, but it was the background, mm-hmm. whether it was canon background or the behind the scenes making of that I realized was grabbing me more and more. So uh, I'm into that too. Yeah. So 50 years of Star Trek. It's hard to believe we're you know <laughs> it's, it's been 50 years ago and we're but we're celebrating 50 years of it. Yeah. Now I wasn't there for the. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I, I was a rerun baby, so but yeah, I've I guess I've seen my share of a lot of it. I, I was not a, you know, I was not a, my big brother controlled our TV, so I was not a rerun uh, an NBC primetime person. But I love it when I run into people who are like, no, I watched Man Trap on September eighth, you know, nineteen sixty six. They were there, but um, but yeah, it's you know for a long time. The last 10 years or so, I thought, uh, oh, you know, a lot of what I was invested in, or vested in, I thought, uh, you know, a lot of what I was invested in or vested in was going to get old and moldy. You know, oh my God, everybody's, everybody knows this. Everyone's heard these stories before. Everybody's heard that, you know, connective, connective tissue before. And five or 10 years ago, it hit me. Uh, no, we have so many new fans coming in that people don't know. I mean, I would see things online like a news story and go, that's not news, that's like 20 years old, or that, that came out 15 years ago or something. That's, and then at one point I was like, oh, no, that's not people trying to make a buck again or something. That's people serving people that have not, or people reacting, that haven't, they don't know that. There's so much Star Trek, there's so, so many details and layers and insights and background stories and why that's that way or you know funny anecdote whatever it is that's been there's so many layers that it's very easy for people the last five ten years who didn't know especially those who didn't come along week to week and year to year with things to just know you don't just know all that automatically in your dna so 
it was kind of it was kind of like a little uh, a little um, light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe there's there's a purpose for me after all. <laughs> well, you know, it's we'll like, still need you we still have some dots to connect here for new people coming along. So, yeah. So, we're getting a new Star Trek TV show next year. I've heard different information about what, what we're getting as far as, is it in a prime timeline, or is it what they're now calling the, 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 the Kelvin timeline? Yeah. If anybody would know, you would know. What do we know so far with the new show? Well, I don't know anything. I've, I've, hoping I'm going to talk to to Brian sometime here in the next few weeks. But um, I'm just making. I'm just a pundit here, making educated guesses. And when I see, first of all, I was thrilled, thrilled, thrilled. I mean, I enjoyed the movies. They've taken a while to get used to as a as a veteran fan. I totally appreciated. I mean, I love the cast. That they're well cast. Um, and I appreciate the fact that some of the circle, like Bob Orsi uh, and Alex Kurtzman, I think for them to hold out for it to technically be an alternate universe rather than just another Hollywood reboot, like, hey, look, it's the fifth person to be Batman in 20 years. Yay. You know, because Star Trek is not like any other pop culture. It was invented as, it was not words on a page, it wasn't pictures on a page. It was these characters played by these actors. So... It's not as changeable as Superman or Sherlock Holmes or Tarzan or, you know, anything. So, um, it's, it's, a, it's a much different, as they found out in the 80s when they talked about recasting the original cast first then, and then came up with the next generation solution, you know? right? which really, people griped at the time, but that's what really opened up Star Trek. Then you had the paradigm of Star Trek is not just Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, it's the Roddenberry universe. And you can go forwards or backwards. And, you know, there's all these, all these corners of the sandbox to explore in. You know. Absolutely, it's the beauty of it. And now we have different levels of a sandbox. We have all different universes. So, um, when that happened and opened it up, so the idea to go back to Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, but an alternate dimension, wasn't exactly my cup of tea at first. But they've really lived in that and, and inhabited it and made. We, the biggest thing is, they're so well done. But they brought in a ton of fresh fans. Yes is the biggest single thing. I used to call that the, the Paramount CBS secret evil plan, you know. <laughs> and it wasn't just this bubblegum series of summer movies. They've really brought in a lot of fans who then have gone on to find, you know, the original series and Next Gen and all that. Plus, having the things, having those uh, Blu-rayed, you know, and remastered. That's been a huge thing, having the Netflix and all the streaming. has The last 10 years, there's been this creeping new revolution that a lot of the old guard... I don't think realized was happening, but it's been a happy thing. And of course, the streaming and the numbers and just letting those letting those numbers spin on, on who's watching what is what gave CBS the confidence now to do you know, to, to let Star Trek be the flagship of their streaming service. Right. Which I know a lot of people drive about paying, but that's the lay of the land now. That's where things are. Oh, we, we, we get our TV and we consume our TV much different now. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they see Star Trek as the thing to lead the way, that they, it's a dependable fan base that will come along. I mean, if you want to be crass, you say, well, they're just, they just know we'll pay. Well, that's true, but this is the way of the future, you know, and cord cutting, and, and it's shifting, and if what, you know, it's an honor. But the, the bottom line is, shut up, people, we're getting Star Trek Weekly back. We're getting episodic Star Trek back after 12 years, when Absolutely. people thought it might be 15 or 20 years. So, shut up. Yeah, be, be, be happy. <laughs> and, and, they show what they know what they're doing 
because they've given the keys to somebody like Brian Fuller, who's old fanboy, then gone on to, to show himself his cred as a producer, that he's secure enough in his own skin that he can circle back and do a Star Trek that he loves, but not have to worry about, oh, I'm going to get tagged as the Star Trek guy. I mean, professionally as a producer, as a showrunner producer. So that's amazing. When they announced the show without a showrunner really attached, it was intriguing. But then when they announced Brian, I was like, oh my God, they've given him the keys. This is going to be awesome. And then Nick Meyer. And then having Rod and Trevor involved. And then, you know, it's... It's all good things. So, yeah, so I'm excited for that. And my guesses are that I'm hoping this will be a return to Prime just because of who they've got hiring and what they're doing with it. But who, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Either way, Star Trek is in good hands. I think there's there's cause to be excited yes. and, and, and cautiously optimistic. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, more than cautiously optimistic. And, and I think the new movie is going to be, uh, is, I know the, the screenings are going on now. I missed the screening in LA to be here shortly, but... Um, I'll see it next week at, at the big Comic Con premiere. But um, but we saw the, the the preview night in LA in May twentieth, the Go Beyond night, and it was exciting. In a gut level, I just remember thinking, "Wow, okay, this one I can be more than intellectually excited about. This feels like Star Trek at a gut level." So we saw two different, very different scenes for about twelve minutes, and. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited for that. But moreover, it's having Star Trek back weekly where it can be episodic about characters and telling the little, you know, the, the story messages and being a metaphor and just develop characters in a new corner of the canon and background. Yeah, for, for me as a fan, I think Star Trek worked best on a small screen. That's what, Star Trek was created as a weekly show. That's, that's its first best destiny, if you will let me use Absolutely. that phrase. So, right, right. And I think people got, I think all the hoo-ha buzz over the first J.J. movie was understandable given that Star Trek had been left for dead by, you know, mainstream media and the suits and all that. But I kept saying, you know, whether it's a hit or a bomb, it's still just a movie. And, and I was kind of taken as a poo-pooer back in 07 or 08 for saying that. But I think, I said, this is going to, you know, everybody's going to wake up after the drunk of the movie the next day, hung over, and go, oh. We have to wait three more years for two more hours, you right. know? New paradigm, guys. And then I think people got it. So ever since about that time, uh, people got it that, you know, Star Trek doesn't need to be back as a series in some way. It's just a matter of, it's a matter of not just even when, but who would who would be the showrunner. And and again, I think we're, and I know a lot of the, a lot of the veteran, right, not just the veterans, but a lot of people, but the veteran Star Trek people, a lot of them are tied up in contracts and weren't free. Or with other studios and production places. So Brian is like the best unaffiliated free at the moment, and he's he's made no secret of wanting to be involved the last few years in making pitches. So yeah, I, I just I can't wait to see what they're unveiling. I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see Star Trek on TV again. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, you have a lot going on. You, you stuff geek tours. Is that still going right, on? Right, right. Geek Nation tours uh, is Terrace Cassidy's company out of Canada, and they actually do. All they do military, historical, themed tours, you know, niche tours, uh, pop culture things. Like they'll go to gaming conventions. They, you know, he came to me, my God, now 2011, and said, "Do you think a Star Trek tour would work with the film sites?" And I said, "Oh, you know, not just yeah, but hell yeah." <laughs> so, because I'd done a lot of research and had a lot of material, there's the there's the common, and then there's the 
there's the common and then there's the obscure. And we get them both. And uh, that's you know, 2012, 2014. This is the 50th year. I call it 5-0 fever. And everything's gone. You know, Vegas is bonkers. It's a sold out, which is, blows my mind. Hotels sell out. And the tour is double the size we've ever had before this year. We're about to go on. So the next time around, we'll probably be, unless we have a huge demand and we start going annually, the next one will be in 2018. I can't, I can't wait to see what we do there. Maybe we'll have some locations from the new series. Who knows? If, well, we don't have to go to Toronto for. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's exciting. But uh, I, Con of Rap, my documentary about a real life event. We're wrapping that up this year after kind of a leisurely pace. So thank you to everybody that's uh, supported us at a con or online at conofwrath.com and still still opportunity to do that and um, and then my newest uh, you know a lot of things going on but my um, um, I should mention enterpriseinspace.org which is the nonprofit that I work with which is a global worldwide educational project to put a hundred student projects from around the world that win the competition in orbit on an orbiter uh, that's privately designed uh, grassroots designed and funded and uh, named, sponsored by the National Space Society, one of the, the, the oldest grassroots civilian groups in the country that's promoting space development and travel, and named the NSS Enterprise. Nice. So that, it's actually, so that the, the hook of the project is that it's the first real enterprise in space. Yes. Since the shuttle, you know, was just a drop ship and couldn't really fly. <laughs> so that's been an amazing group of people that asked me to help promote, you know, on the con circuit and with celebrities. So that's amazing. But my, my, my baby here, the last few months that I've gotten launched is Portal 47, which finally, for, after years and years of being an author and speaking at conventions and interviewing other people and being interviewed myself and, and now on podcasts and you know, like this, but having all this in my head of kind of the unique front seat we had you know, as a fan, and then as someone with a theater background and in a, in a, in an entertainment background and a journalism background, that brought that to all my writing and all my work over the years, and editing and authoring, and, and knowing the people at, at the lot in the 90s uh, and the aughts, and then having a lot of archival material, you know, studio things, and thinking I should, people say, you should do something with all that, you know, but it, it was going to be out of the box and nobody was building new boxes for a while. Yeah, new box. So, yeah, so so I launched that, finally I had an entrepreneur coach help me put that together. So Portal 47, I I say it's, it's for old fans, new fans, bored fans, and fans who don't even know how much they don't know yet right. about Star Trek. And uh, it's, I, we, we call them the deep divers. But every there's like an eight point package every month, so it's like a year subscription for the cost of two movie tickets a month. So twenty five dollars a month, you're signed on for a year, and we have several things going on for the month, live and online or both. And um, the highlight of the month for me, at least, is uh, not just my hour and a half with everybody, but an hour and a half with a guest online, live. And people that uh, people are not going to see on a con stage or interview anytime soon. Most of them are, but they still have wonderful stories and insights and angles on Star Trek that people have not heard yet. Which is the whole point: is there are so many voices that are connected to Star Trek that have so much to offer people. So uh, you know, that's that's not that's not the whole program, but that's kind of the highlight for me every month. Mm-hmm. 
There's a lot of other features at portal47.net. And I'm redoing the websites this summer, which is another thing going on that's added to my craziness. Right, right. So hopefully by Vegas time, we'll have at least that page uh, zoomed up. But yeah, um, I call it like it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a backstage pass, like an insider's deep dive, but it's really like a mini con all year long, no matter where you live. So uh, yeah, we say we go where no savvy fan has gone before. I can't wait to check it out. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Please do, and I hope everybody listening gives it a check too. Yeah. Well, one of our listeners uh, begged us to interview you sometime, and uh, Diane. Uh, this is, I am talking with Larry today. So. Oh my God! Thank you, Diane. Yes. I know some Dianes. I don't know if it's you or not, but. Uh, that's awesome. Thanks for asking. So, yeah. Larry, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you, Miles, for having me. It's been a crazy weekend, but I'm glad we found the time. I, I am too. Thank you again. <laughs> and, a, and, and apologies for my con voice. It's Sunday, and that should tell something to everybody out there. Yes, folks, uh, Larry's been a busy man this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed our interview with Larry Nemchik, Dr. Star Trek himself. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's about it. We don't know a lot more. Yeah, I think we covered it. Um, I'm looking forward to Farpoint. Looking forward to uh, being at a con, seeing people in in these awesome costumes, seeing people I'd only get to see maybe twice a year, um, and uh, meet some interesting people. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a good time. It'll be a very good time. So... I think that's about it. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We will see you. I nearly jumped the gun there. You see that? I did. I nearly... Everyone do your dailies. (laughs) Space pants. Thank you.